Hide your kids. The left is coming for them. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay. Can you smell a theme in today's uh, podcast? You should be able to. Had a theme yesterday, and it was the theme was about the 4th of July and how good it was and how crappy it was. Well, now <clears throat> let's talk about your kids. When I talk about your kids, I don't mean 18 years old. I mean kids. Anywhere from 3 years old to 17 years old. Let's deal with what's happening in the world with them. Because it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. Now, I've said this a thousand times before. And I'm going to say it again. When I was younger, I was against the LGBT community. And I was against gay marriage. Now, I really wasn't against gay marriage. Truth is... I really don't care too much about social and cultural politics. I didn't back then. I do now. Because I learned what happens when you don't care about culture and social politics. What I did care about fell under the give a mouse a cookie syndrome. That's if you give a mouse a cookie, it will ask for a glass of milk. And then that children's story goes on for 34 pages. First, it's gay marriage. Then it's open open up uh, trans acceptance. Then that led to people being considered whatever sex they decided to choose that day. Now men can go to restrooms of women and they can compete against women in sports. That's what I mean by give a mouse a cookie. We are seeing it now. If I had known then what I know now, and I did kind of know then, but I didn't take it too seriously, probably would have fought against gay marriage a little stronger. We should have seen this would eventually affect our children. Unfortunately, it's becoming mainstream to indoctrinate our children into this sexual perversion. And our parents, because of wokeness, seem to be good with it. This is where this article comes in from the Washington Post, which is really weird. I'll tell you why it's really weird. This weekend, the Washington Post released this article called by a gal named Lauren Rowella. And um, she wrote this an article called, Yes, Kink Belongs at Pride, and I Want My Kids to See It. Now, let's, let's give you something about this Lauren Rowella. Because this gal is about as effed up as you could possibly imagine. I, I cannot imagine why the Washington Post would actually publish something from this gal. And I'm going to read a couple of things from her, a couple paragraphs from this uh, Yes, Kink Belongs at Pride and I Want My Kids to See It article because she Fs up the uh, grammar too. So she's not an exceptionally bright gal. But you're going to see why she's not an exceptionally bright gal. First off, she identifies herself as gender vague. Now, I'm not sure what that means. Gender vague means she's not sure if she's a man, she's not sure if it's a woman. That's what I'm guessing. And she used to be a prostitute. So you can see that this gal probably has some angry thoughts about sex. This is not a woman that, I don't know about you, seems entirely stable. If that's not bad enough for you, um, it gets worse. Her husband 
and I'm going to call him the husband because we need to have a point of reference here. I, I'm not kidding. You're going to need a program to figure this out. So she's gender vague, and she's a she. I don't know what her pronouns are. Don't care. Her husband, who's a man, a biological man, is becoming a trans woman and identifies himself as a transgender, as a lesbian, because he's married to his wife. There was a South Park episode that brought this up where Mr. Garrison finally identified as himself as gay. Then he decided to become a transgender, have transgender surgery, and identified himself as a woman. Then he found that he really liked woman, women, and he identified himself as a lesbian. And then finally he had his junk put back on, and then he identified himself as a man, but was a gay man. I, I'm telling you, this is what this story is about, and this is who's writing this story. So again, the story is called, Yes, Kink Belongs at Pride, and I Want My Kids to See It. That's the article. So let's let's go over a couple paragraphs. It's a rather long essay, and I'm not going to go through the entire thing like I normally do because there's so many other stories. Um, quote, just as we got settled, our elementary school pointed, schooler pointed out in the direction of oncoming floats, raising an eyebrow <coughs> at, um, sorry, at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into a leather thong. Policing how others show up doesn't protect or uplift young people. Instead, homogenizing self-expression at pride will do more harm to our children than good. When my own children caught glimpses of kink culture, they got to see that the queer community encompasses so many more non-traditional ways of being, living, and loving. Okay. Uh, oh, God, this is so sick. Here's a question. Why does an elementary schooler need to be open to kink? Hey, I don't mind kink. I really don't. I don't care what you do in the bedroom. I really don't. I have, I, I, I'm sure some of the things I do are going to be kind of odd. But does your elementary schooler, your eight-year-old, really need to see that stuff? Is that something you should be exposing an elementary school person? And by the way, why is this not illegal? I, I don't know. If I walked out, I'm going to say this. If I ran out of my house in a thong and started walking down the street, I'm pretty sure I'd be arrested and put on some sex offender list. Do you know why? Because it's child abuse. Because it's exhibitionism. If I pee at a park, I could get stuck in an... Uh, I don't even mean for anyone to see me. I can get arrested for as a sex crime and put, be put on a sex offender list. And how is this woman, slash whatever, not actually culpable for child abuse? What would be the difference if she does it, or let's say a stranger like me does it, but the kid is okay with it? I don't know. I don't know. Let's continue on. Anti-kink advocates tend to manipulate language about safety and privacy by asserting that attendees, attendees are non consequentially exposed to overt displays of sexuality. Okay. <laughs> okay, stop. 
anti-kink, she means conservatives, tend to manipulate language? Is she effing kidding me? I'm trying not to cuss. I'm probably going to lose it later. This is probably going to be a PG-13, maybe in our podcast. But is she kidding? She says that she has no gender. She doesn't know what her gender is at the moment. Her husband is calling himself a woman. And they want people thrown in jail if they don't use the right pronouns. Exactly who's manipulating language? And for that matter, manipulating science. Okay, just... All right. The most outrageous claim is that innocent bystanders are forced to participate in kink simply by sharing space with the kink community, as if their presence of kink at Pride is a perverse exhibition that kinksters pursue for their own gratification. Um, again, the stupidity in this article is incredible. If you are into kink, why are you into kink? For your own personal gratification. And if you're walking out in the middle of a public road, a public street, during a parade where no one is limited, isn't it, is it really outrageous that innocent bystanders are forced to participate because they're simply walking down the street? There was a, uh, a podcast, a video, I, I'm sorry, it's YouTube, Flecka's, Flecka's Talks, great, pod, great video cast on YouTube. And he walks down Central Park, or no, I'm sorry, Washington Square in New York. And there are people that are walking through, seeing people in thongs and getting undressed and doing swimming in the freaking uh, uh, fountain. Complete inappropriate stuff. And they're saying, well, I just walked through the park and I saw this. And yes, I don't really want my kids to see that. Is that involuntary? forcing of your of your way your kink onto a community that doesn't support it or people that don't support it i i'm just saying that's what it sounds like but kinksters and by the way if you're into kink if you're into getting spanked isn't that for personal gratification what gratification do I get out watching a man getting spanked in the middle of Times Square in a thong? Okay. But kinksters are not pride, are not engaged in sex acts, and we cannot confuse this, this, their self-expression for obscenity. I'll get to this part. This is stupid. Co-opting the language of sexual autonomy only serves to bury the truth and muddies the seriousness of other conversations of consent. Okay, here she is manipulating language. She is just changing everything. She's calling obscenity self-expression. Self-expression can also be obscenity. For example, you see a great-looking gal out there. What, what's stopping you from doing something really bad to her? Well, it's obscene. You don't do things in public because they're obscene. Is calming yourself down or is, is relieving yourself of the stress of sexual thought or feelings, is that self-expression? Yes. Is it obscene? Yes, if I'm doing it in public. Here's the other thing that I don't understand. If I expose my penis to a 10-year girl, 
according to Rowella, I'm just being self-expressive. Why would I be arrested? Why would I be accused of being a child abuser? I'm not being obscene. Why would I be put on a sex list? Sex, um, uh, uh, sex uh, predator list? Why? It's just self-expression. Do you see the problem with her argument right off the bat? She is sitting back and she is making it that, no, it's just expression. Perversion is expression. You can be perverted. That's not a problem, but I don't need to see it. I don't want to see it. It should be a personal thing. Self-expression, should you should be expressing that on your own. But she says that's okay. Finally, her last, the last paragraph I'll cover, and this was a really long essay. I, I don't want to cover it all. Kink embodies the freedom that pride stands for. Rem reminding attendees to unapologetically take up space as an act of resistance and celebration, refusing to bend social pressure to social pressure that asks us to be presentable. That's the value I want my children to learn. <coughs> I personally find that last sentence sick. There's a movie called The Devil's Advocate. Al Pacino plays Satan. He plays the devil. And Keanu Reeves plays the devil's son. And what Al Pacino, who I'll call Satan, wants Keanu Reeves, who I'll call his son, to do is mate so he can create the Antichrist. He does this by using Keanu Reeves' own vanity, which is also known as pride, against Reeves. Because Satan cannot get past free will, which means... He needs to manipulate the environment to get Reeves to do what he wants. After Reeves ruins his own life by not listening to the devil who creates the environment, he, the devil says to him, vanity is my favorite sin. He said that because the behavior of the overly proud, the overly vain is so easy. Because they will always do what's best for them. It can always be forecast. This woman, and all those who push this type of perversion as normal, and I put that in air quotes, are evil. They embrace sins, such as pride and lust, because they like it. It's my personal thing. And I'm using air quotes there because it's not my personal thing. Heck, they even call it the pride parade. Pride is one of the seven deadly sins. Lust is one of the seven deadly sins. And we're beginning to see this throughout the left's world. The seven deadly sins have become, in the, the seven deadly sins preached in the Bible, have become virtues to the left. Fat shaming encourages gluttony. Equity masks greed and envy. Dependence on government, handouts, masks sloth. Cancel culture, masks wrath. I just named all seven of the deadly sins that are professed in the Bible. Well, they're actually professed by St. Thomas Aquinas back in the 16th century. The result of all this is a loss of freedom and totalitarianism. When we start embracing the seven deadly sins, as virtues, this is totalitarianism.
This is a loss of our freedoms. This is what happens when God and morals are taken out of our culture. It's been happening for years. And for the most part, I'm guilty of this, we've been ignoring it. The left has been chipping away at religion since the 60s. They can't have religion because they're Marxists. And Marxists believe all power should be in the government. And the government cannot truly rule if there's a higher power. In short, this woman's ideas have become mainstream. And they are dangerous to our way of life. And this kind of thought process, this kind of belief system, has led to hundreds of millions of death, deaths. Cuba, Soviet Union, um, North Korea, China, Venezuela. I could probably keep naming them, but I'd have to look them all up. So right off the bat, you can see it's we have to protect our kids from what people, what the government is allowing people to do in the streets. I just finished Michael uh, Knowles' book, Speechless. He talks about the sexuality of our children. And it's actually a very strong chapter. It would be something worth listening to only because he pretty much hits it on the head that sexu sexualizing children is a thing and they want to do this. But it's not that, just that. How many of you actually plop, used to, or did, I did anyway, plop their kids in front of the television because uh, you had things to do. Maybe you had to fold some laundry. Maybe you had to, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> take a rest. Could be for anything. And plop your kids in front of the TV. And didn't bother really looking at what your kids were watching. I did it. I, I'm sure just about everyone else did. Well, the LGBTQ agenda is to start pushing their nonsense onto our kids. In an article from TheInsider.com, entertainment companies such as uh, Disney+, Plus, Nickelodeon, and Public Television are hiring writers based on their LGBTQ advocacy. Not their writing styles, not their talent, but their life experiences. Companies are also hiring people by non-traditional means, such as through Twitter and Facebook. For example, if, if a gay man puts things that people want to listen to, it'll they will actually stick that on, they will hire that guy to write for these shows. The reasons are these guys are not creating new stories for children. They're expressing their personal stories about their about the lies of a non-cis person. In other words, their stories are so important, all about vanity and pride. And when I say cis, a cis person is like me. It's just a guy who likes chicks and a chick that likes guys. A non-cis person is someone other than that. So you can be, I don't know, like this gal was, non-committal or whatever it is. And then you're non-cis. The result is that there are more, there are a lot more gay, lesbian, and trans characters on children's television than ever before. Right now, non-cis characters make up 23% of the, of the children's programming. But it could be as high as 30% because there are some characters whose gender can't be determined. I'm not kidding. People are actually analyzing this crap. The insider said that not only is the trend going up, but they're 
goal is to get 50% of the children's shows. Shows that are made for kids that are like 3 through 12 years of age to have some sort of non-cis education within them. What? So what's the moral of that story? Not a very long story. Not a very long article. Go read it on uh, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I got it there. Don't plop your kids in front of the television set and go off with your day. Those shows, no matter how seemingly innocent, are trying to teach our kids something that we may not want them to know yet. Or we may not believe in, and they shouldn't know. Now, you may hear there's uh, some beats outside. Yeah, somebody's playing music really loud. I'm about to go yell at him. He's my neighbor. So, But just ignore it because I'm not going to stop. Now, here's another thing our teachers are, are teaching our kids and want to teach our kids, actually. And I think this is egregious. I think this is one of the most terrible things I've heard. The largest teacher union in the country, the National Education Association, wants to change history and geo- change the history and geography of the Middle East. Their hate for Israel is now coming out and they want to dump it on our kids. The NEA annual representative meeting was referred to the appropriate committee and was crafted by the NEA leadership that insists the union must recognize the existence and sovereignty of Palestine and the Palestinian children and families and their human right to access a quality education and live freely. They didn't go all the way to the boycott. For example, they refused to actually boycott Israel. But the goal was to, quote, educate members and general public about the history, culture, and struggles of Palestinians, including the detention and abuse of children in the occupied Palestinian territory. All right. uh, Already this is complete crap. If you buy any of this crap, we're going to talk about this at the end. This is crap. Needless to say, not everyone agrees with this. A guy named Yuri Pilowkowski a writer for the Times of Israel opined that the Palestinian Authority administered, quote, would pose, administered state would pose a danger to Israel's security. He said, quote, a government that promotes and turns a blind eye to terror cannot be entrusted to run a state. A Palestinian government would have to include Hamas, a terrorist entity that vows to destroy Israel. This would make Palestinian state terror organization and he's absolutely correct okay here's the truth and this is the crap that schools are teaching our kids and they don't know what they're talking about or they do know what they're talking about and they're just changing history israel isn't occupying anything they were on that land that they occupy right now for thousands of years before palestinians ever existed this is history in fact There has never been a Palestinian territory or country. Ever. Ever. There has never been a sovereign Palestinian country. Period. End of story. It doesn't exist. You can't occupy something that never existed. Also, the Palestinian government is made up of, hear this, Hamas, the Islamic Jihad, and the Palestinian Authority. All three are terrorist organizations. They don't want 
a territory. And they have had several chances to get it from Israel. Israel has offered this several times. They want the elimination of Israel and altogether. That's what they want. They said it. It's in their charter. They want to commit genocide. But teachers don't want to point any of this out to the students. So why? Why don't the teachers want to point this out? Because Israel, like the United States, runs a government based on Judeo-Christian philosophy of morality. They believe in a higher power. They believe that rights are given to us by that higher power. The left can't have that. And they will ignore all of history. They will recreate history. They will ignore all philosophy to be rid of something as, quote, terrible, end quote, as religious morality and the establishment of that higher power. Because that higher power is giving the teachers unions their power and their money. And if people don't believe in what the teachers unions are saying, that's not a good thing for the teachers union. You see where we're going here? People are doing things for vain reasons, envious reasons, greed. They're not thinking of the kids. I will go so far to say those teachers unions don't give an F about the kids. So speaking of destroying American history or destroying history altogether, let's take a look at our last three stories. The National Education Association has committed to teach critical race theory in over 14,000 districts in all 50 states in the United States, no matter what the state laws pass. The union passed two similar, uh, passed two items that will implement critical race theory into the classroom with the assistance of the union's ethnic minority affairs caucuses. Talk about George Orwell. Now, first off, I don't know if they can do this legally. I think that, uh, yes, the teachers union has made it very clear they're going to fight any court battle. But here's the deal. There's no free speech in the classroom. There is no free speech. You're there to teach what the state wants you to teach. You're hired by the state. And the union really doesn't have a say here. This is more activist BS from the teachers. They will, quote, share and publicize, end quote, information already available on critical race theory, what it is and what it is not. That is crap. They're going to teach critical race theory. And what they're going to do is they're going to, the what it is not thing they're going to teach is going to be what conservatives or people who don't agree with critical race theory are protesting. So it's not about white people are bad. Yes, it is. That's all it's about is how white people are bad. We're all racist. And what the NEA claims to be inclusion of, quote, accurate and honest teaching, end quote, it vowed to, quote, oppose attempts to ban critical race theory, end quote, and the New York Times 1619 project, which has scrutinized by historians as ahistorical. The 1619 project is ahistorical. It's not true. It's a lie. So basically what you're saying is you, history, and you hear this all the freaking time, that the 1619 pre, uh, project and critical race theory are just going to teach, teach real history. Well, here's a newsflash. They're not real history. 
We've already proven they're not real history. I read you the introduction to Xavier, uh, to Xavier, to Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. He bases his entire book on a paragraph of fallacies, of lies. That's what the 1619 Project is about. The 1619 Project actually had to apologize and retract part of the 1619 Project as politically incorrect. They actually, even Nicole Hannah-Jones, who wrote the 1619 Project, admitted that the message was more important than the facts. She said this on MSNBC. I wish I had that here, uh, the, the sound clip, but she said that. Okay, it gets better. So how do we know this history is, is not legitimate? Because who the teachers union is collaborating with is with Black Lives Matter and the Zen Education Project. Two groups, both groups, are Marxist groups. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist group. It's in their charter. Their leaders are all devout Marxists. They admit this. And the Zen Education Project had nothing but good things to say. The Zen, I, if you ever want to read a great piece of historical fiction, because that's all it is, people finding every problem with the United States, read Howard Zinn's The People's uh, History of the United States. It is the biggest load of bull that has ever been written. I've read it. It's garbage. And then the call for this whole thing is to honor George Floyd's birthday on October 14th. This is when they're going to implement it. Yeah, no bias there. Um, all this strategy is going to cost $128,000 to implement. That's it. Because half the teachers already believe it. Speaking of banning history, Randy Weingartner, who, by the way, is a terrible human being. She was the main reason your kids weren't allowed to go to college during the COVID epidemic, even though the science said they could. Ended up, ended up getting, extorting billions of dollars from the U.S. government. She, she sat there and said in a New York Times article, quote, in incredibly important piece of uh, piece from Kimberly Crunch about how, why these bans on teaching history which she means critical race theory and discussing racism in the classroom are so dangerous our students deserve to have the freedom to learn and discuss this in school again the biggest load of horse crap ever written anyone knows who knows anything about American history and the founding documents knows that critical race theory in the 1619 Project is crap. Anybody. I can recommend books if you're interested. None of these promote history. They change it. This theory, and it is a theory, has the goal of implementing Marxism and tearing down the systems of the United States. The systems that have created the greatest prosperity in human history. What's worse? It doesn't manipulate history. It just flat out changes it or ignores it. Absolutely terrible. But you know what's going to end up happening with this whole thing. <coughs> the National Education Authority Association. Keep, we're still going with this critical race thing. 
because that seems to be the big thing. You know why it's the biggest thing? They're getting pushback. Adopted a measure last week that attempts to stop the campaign against CRT from spreading across the country. Too late. Parents are learning what their kids are being taught and a new and they don't like the fact that the kid, their kids are being told they're racists or they're victims. This is what the NEA said in a statement. The NEA, this is, should be scary for you, the NEA will research the organizations attacking educators, educators doing anti-racist work and or use the research already done and put together a list of resources and recommendations for state affiliates, locals, and individual educators to utilize what when they are attacked. The research resources and recommendations will be shared with members of the NEA's social media, an article in NEA Today, and a recorded virtual presentation webinar set. This is what the left does, and they are heavy into it. Cancel culture. So you don't, you don't, you don't, the left can't defend critical race theory? So what do they do? They find out who's arguing against it. And then they go after those people. I, how long is it going to be before we're actually arrested for this crap? We already know Ibram X. Kendi and, and Nicole Hannah-Jones were just absolute liars when they wrote their books. When they wrote, when she wrote, when Nicole Hannah-Jones wrote the 1619 Project. We know this. Historians! who were leftists to begin with, said, no, that didn't happen. Now, you know what? We're not going to argue. We're just going to freaking cancel you. We're going to kick your kids out. We're going to make your lives miserable. That's what they do. Because there is no argument. Because unlike what the 1619 Project said, uh, the revolution didn't occur to keep slavery going. Unlike what um, Ibram X. Kendi says, Slavery's been around for 4,000, 5,000 years. It's been, a lo- it's been around a far longer than it hasn't been around. The United States didn't become successful because of the 1619 Project. Because of racism. Because of slavery. It corrected that, but they don't want that in history. Oh, oh I got excited here. I'm sweating like a pig. Okay, you can uh, download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. You can visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and take a look at all of the links that I have. Hope you have a great day. Take care of yourself. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbass Talking Politics.